Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. This is Friday morning, September 10th. So glad to have you along today. My name is Tom Short and a special welcome to anyone who's here for the first time. And also for those who come back, God bless you, I love you, that we get into the Word every day. Uh, I'm conflicted today about exactly what to speak about. I'm going to try and fit two topics in at once, talking about our scripture for the day and talking about some of the current events. So stick with me throughout the message and we'll see what we get through. Let me start with the scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. What a a wonderful promise as we've been looking into the word of God. What a wonderful promise that God's word performs its work in us who believe. I think of a seed you know, you've probably planted a seed before. If you ever see the largest of trees, it came from a single seed. An apple tree that can produce hundreds and thousands of apples came from a single seed. Isn't it amazing what one tiny little seed can produce if it's got the proper environment, the soil, the water, etc. God's word is like a seed. If, I don't understand how they work, and I'm sure somebody does, but I don't understand how a seed works. And from that little, little, little tiny thing can come something so huge and so big. But I do know this, God's word is like a seed. And when we put it into our life, that little, little tiny, it can just be one verse sometimes. In my life, John three sixteen. when I heard that verse, my whole life changed and it's never been the same. There have been other verses, of powerful verses of God's word, and there is power in God's word. And when we hear, when we plant that seed of God's word within us, and it get it gets there, you cannot believe what you don't know. The Thessalonians says you got to believe it too, but you cannot believe what you do not know. And so when we plant it within us, and we get that seed in our soul, and then we simply believe what it says. It comes from God. God would never lie to us. Other people will, but God never lies. And when we get the seed of his word within us, it performs a mighty work. We may not understand how. I'll bet you've seen, I know I've seen, and I'm living witness of a life that can be changed by a truth. Truth can change us. Truths can make a... a, it can take any human being. The truth of God's word can make a, have a mighty effect. And so we believe in the power of God's word. We believe in the power of God's word to transform us in ways that we never would have expected. To transform us in, in ways that maybe we've had long-term problems or struggles or doubts or, or habits or, or obstacles in life. Never give up. God's word planted in your soul, if you believe it, can have dramatic effects. And it can have dramatic effects in the lives of others. That's why some of the most hard lost people who've heard the truth of God, who've heard God loves you, can change your life. Several months ago, I read from my book on uh, Taking to the Turf about a 
homosexual man. He was 49 years old. He'd lived his entire life believing that God hated him and God made him gay for the purpose of sending him to hell. He believed gay people would go to hell. He believed in God. And it was when I shared scripture with him and truth with him and the truth of God about the love of God and that God did not make him to go to hell, this man just began to weep. The first time in his life to believe the truth that God loved him. And so my friends, we want to get God's word into our lives and into the lives of others, into our children, into our grandchildren. As they know the word of God, as they memorize the word of God, those scriptures, those scriptures can transform them. They can be in them and they can stick in them the power of God's word. We want to stand on it and we want to believe it transforms our lives as we're in this series of messages about the value and importance of God's word. It performs its work. Now, interestingly, last night when I wrote my daily email devotional about this same verse, I talked about a seed, but I also talked about medicine. I said, I don't understand how medicine works to you. And I was referring to an aspirin or an ibuprofen because I don't personally take much medicine. And I don't even, it's, it's pretty rare that I even take a, an aspirin or something for a headache. But that's what, you know, I don't, what I was writing, I don't understand how those things work. I don't understand how if I got a headache and take an ibuprofen, I feel better. I do. I, 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 it happens. I don't know. And it, I don't really need to understand the process. I just know that it works. And I woke up this morning, and as, as I looked at that, I thought, uh-oh. I hope I didn't step into it with this whole vax thing. And so I'll use this as an opportunity to segue into that. Um. I, I try and listen, if I'm available, when our president addresses the nation, whichever president it is. I know a lot of people don't even like to listen to the one that's, people didn't like to listen to Trump, people didn't like to listen to Obama. If you liked Obama, you did. If you liked Trump, you liked to listen to him. If you didn't, you didn't want to hear him. You just turned, tuned him out and didn't give him a chance. I have trouble listening to Joe Biden, but I feel it's my responsibility to listen and to do so. Yesterday's message, and the one he gave a couple weeks ago, but increasingly so yesterday, I must say I'm struck with the anger and the divisiveness that this man is portraying, and I find it to be quite scary, quite alarming. He made comments yesterday that a president should never say, I mean, to come right out and say, I'm getting frustrated with you. I'm growing impatient with you. That's not the type thing, especially a fellow who says, I'm going to bring America together. That's not the type thing a person should say to 80 million Americans by his terms, 80 million of you. I'm frustrated with you. I'm getting impatient with you. This is not about your freedom, quote, unquote. This is not about your freedom. Get vaccinated, he said. To those governors who he misrepresented and said there are actually governors telling people not to get vaccinated. That's not true. There are governors out there saying this is your choice. You make a decision. And to misrepresent them and then to say, quote, I'm going to take all the power of the federal government to get you out of the way. I mean, these are not, this is not something he's saying off the cuff, kind of like I speak here. His words are written out, and he's reading them 
off a teleprompter. We know they're well thought out. They're well planned. Every word, every phrase doesn't get in there by accident. My friends, I've, I'll tell you, I listened yesterday and I thought he's, he's expressing much more anger towards Americans who are not vaccinated than he is towards the Taliban who are holding Americans in, in uh, Afghanistan. And it seems like he had far more confidence in, uh, in that the Taliban is going to have an inclusive government and a little surprised that they didn't put a bunch of women leading in their government than he is, he's, he's more confident in them than he seems to be in 80 million Americans who haven't gotten vaccinated yet. Now, my position on this vaccination is that's your, your choice. It's your decision. It really is. You're putting something in your body, and it's your body, and you need to decide on that. It's not someone else's body. It's your body. And you need to make informed decisions. And I understand why people feel you should take it, and I understand why people feel you shouldn't. And I think it is a personal choice. And to see the, the, the power that, that, that uh, our president has against this is, to me, quite alarming. You know, I've talked before here, I believe, about when, when governments, when, when governments, it, there, there's a historical pattern here. And when tyrannical governments come to power, the way they do it every time, they find someone in the society to villainize, to scapegoat, to set everybody against them, to create a division and to, to draw people, uh, to set people against one another. This happened in Germany. This happened in the Soviet Union or Russia at the time. This has happened in Venezuela. It's happened in America where our political leaders have set people against one another. And instead, and even under the claim yesterday, come together, we're coming together, and you 80 million who aren't, you're the bad guys, you're the villains, and we're coming after you. We're impatient with you. We've had it. I'm frustrated. You're going you're gonna to toe the line or you're not going to have a job. You're going to toe the line or you can't participate in society. This is extremely scary, un-American, for a president to threat people like this. Now, I don't know what course to be taking, but I'll tell you I'm concerned I'm deeply concerned. I hope that some leaders do rise up, and it sounds like many are. And I hope that uh, we we I, I hope that this gets resolved because the, because that speech yesterday was ugly, in my opinion. That was an ugly speech, and it was uh, a threatening speech. And um, as people here, we need to be you know we need to rise above. We we'd better be wise. We better be shrewd as serpents. Uh, innocent as doves, we better rise above. We better have uh, wisdom. We better, um, we better know how to act. And I don't know the answer. I don't have the answer here today. I don't. But I do know this: our freedom matters. Our freedom matters, and I do believe our freedom freedoms are at stake. And I believe people are using fear, exaggerating that. And setting people against one another, and seeking to villain, uh, make make villains out of those who don't toe the line, it's a scary day. Let's go to prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you today 
because you are our refuge. You are our strength. You are the high tower to whom we run in difficult times. We do feel, Lord, that it's like everything's upside down. Everything's misidentified. Black is white. White is black. Up is down and down is up. It's the Taliban are the good guys and the 80 million unvaccinated people in America who believe in freedom are the bad guys. And people are being set against one another in our own country. And it seems, Lord, like those who have hated us in other countries, it's just so confusing, Lord. These are confusing days. And the messages that are being sent to us by our government and our leadership, these are very, very confusing days. Lord, we pray, help us as the people of God to keep our wits, to keep our minds, to, to avoid emotional reactions, to be wise, to be strategic, to think well, to pray hard, to love well. Lord, we know in these days that, that uh, we may be heading into periods that are un, unusual for us, uncomfortable for us, days that we've never experienced. We're not used to being this way. We're not used to a president speaking or the or media speaking of us this way. Father, it's one thing in the midst of a campaign for someone to refer to us as deplorable, but it's another thing in the right in the midst of, of governing the threats that were made the comments that were made, and the anger displayed last night. So, Lord, we come to you and say these are times we're, un, we're not used to. These are times, Lord, others have gone through this. Other believers have, have faced these things throughout history, but it's new to us. And so we pray, Father, you are our strength, our high tower. You are the one to whom we run for safety. You are our refuge. You give wisdom. We thank you. You're not caught off guard. Hallelujah. You're not caught off guard. This pandemic, things in our government, things in Afghanistan, things in the economy, financial things, health crisis, whatever, whatever it is, Father, you're not caught off guard. You have plans to take us through and to make us better people, triumphant people, victorious people. And I pray that we would be. Help us, Lord, to be wise, but help us not cower in fear. I pray, Father, you, you've told us over and again, fear not. Be strong. Be courageous. Lord, the greater the danger, the greater the need of courage. The greater the danger is maybe a reason for caution. It may be a reason for prudence. It's not a reason for fear. Because, Lord, it's in the, those times. Your people are to shine brighter than ever. So give us wisdom, courage, faith, love. Help us, Lord, not to be preoccupied, so preoccupied with our own concerns that we would miss opportunities to reach out and serve others. Father, we do pray that your word would be performing its work in us who believe. I want to thank you today. I don't understand how a seed grows. I may not understand how an uh, uh, um, uh, aspirin can take away a headache. And Lord, I, I, people have faith in an aspirin. People have faith in medicine. I pray we'd have faith in your word. I pray we'd have faith in your word, Lord. And we are in a great struggle right now. It seems like, Lord, half of our country is putting all their faith, all their faith in science. And we're, I'm, we're, though we're not anti-science, Father, our faith is in you. Our faith is in your word. We believe, Lord, you're trying to get the attention of our country, of us as a people, 
We believe these are dark days. We believe our country is being judged. Help us, Father, as a land, as a people, more than we just turn to a scientist, more than we just turn to a pill. Help us to be turning to the living God. Father, help us to know how to get along and love our fellow citizens, no matter what position they take on vax or not vax, mask or not mask. I pray we would love people. But I pray, Father, that we'd also, we believe in freedom. And I pray, Lord, that this important value that has, has helped our country get to where we are. And Lord, we believe freedom is a gift from you. I pray we would not throw it away out of fear. We pray these things today, Lord. We come to you. And again, we ask, help us to rise above, to be encouraged, to be the light of the world. It is the joy of the Lord that is our strength. We do not rejoice in our circumstances. We rejoice in the Lord. And we wish that, Lord, give us the strength to rejoice always. Again, Father, help us today to not rejoice in our circumstances, nor to be depressed and discouraged by our circumstances, but to rejoice in the Lord. Our walk with you, it's unchanged. Our relationship's unchanging. We're as forgiven today as we were a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. We're as much, our names are written in the book of life today just like they were in the past. And I pray, Father, that whether our circumstances be favorable or unfavorable, whether they be pleasant or unpleasant, we would know the secret, the secret of this constant rejoicing and that is that we rejoice in the Lord always. We pray for this. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, folks. Okay, thanks for being with me. I hope you come back every day. Tomorrow's 9-11. We'll have a special message where we do talk a bit about what's go- perhaps our country and a, a brief look at what we should remember on this 20th anniversary of 9-11. I hope you do join me every day. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notify button, leave a comment. I always like to hear from you, and I do read them. And even if you leave them later in the day, I go back and I do read them. So thank you for commenting, and uh, make sure you share with your friends. It's, It's important that we come together, get around the Word of God, learn how to think together, sometimes even just say, I don't know what to think, but we're together in trying to figure it out. God bless you. You have a great day, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye bye.